Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Hey, 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 Minor Wisdom this week with Zachary Kosirik Gentry. And super excited to have him on. I had him on while he was at uh, International Thespian Festival in Bloomington, Indiana. IU, who, 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 shares? Uh, straight No Chaser, right? They went to IU. So I know a lot about Bloomington. I didn't get to go this year. I would have loved to have gone, but that was like forever ago now. It's As I record this, it's August 6th. So that was, um, you know, six weeks ago. So anyway, it, he is in a dorm when he records this. So that's why you hear kind of funky uh, noises in the background. But uh, it's still pretty clear, pretty good interview. But uh, it was really fun to talk to him. I, I have seen his name pop up, you know, on Facebook. And he's very active on Facebook and uh, uh, shows off a lot of his good work and stuff. So um, I wanted to have him on for a while. And so here he is. So this was again recorded six weeks ago. So it feels like forever ago, but it was only six weeks. Uh, I am fully recovering from a hernia repair surgery. <laughs> uh, this time it was done laparoscopically. And let me tell you something. If you have, have ever had a laparoscopic procedure, you know, my pain, uh, but it, it was so much better than the first time. However, it was different. It was unique what they do. And I didn't know this. My doctor didn't explain this to me, probably intentionally so that I wouldn't get anxious about it, but they fill you with air so that your innards move out of the way pretty much are easier to maneuver. And I was operated on by a robot, a robot controlled by a human, my doctor. Uh, so it was unique, but, um, the recovery was much easier. I'm still not allowed to lift for a few more weeks, lift anything more than like 10 pounds or so. Uh, so that kind of sucks. But uh, it 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 was, I, I'm pretty much recovered, except a little itchy around the wounds. But um, I look like I have three kind of like almost got gunshots. I know that's not like fun to say or funny to, to I'm not joking about it. It's just that's what it looks like. But Anyway, I'm also wrapping up this summer two session at Texas A&M Commerce Go Lions, and uh, I've got uh, a, a presentation tomorrow as I record this uh, for uh, some designs, and and then we I acted in some directing scenes. I took a directing class, and it was fine. It was abbreviated. It was quick. You know, the program is still young, and I'm enjoying myself, and, but it's it's just quick. It's fast-paced. It's um, you know, I would have loved to have taken directing for an entire semester. That would have really been fun for me, uh, doing it during the summer. It was just too fast. I wanted, I wanted more. It was kind of like, you know, going to, uh, a bakery and they give you a sample of cupcake or cake or something. And you just, you're like, wow, that was really delicious, but it was one bite. I want an entire piece Maybe that's my problem. I eat the, I just go back for more. But anyway, uh, that was a good time. Hey, make sure that you are subscribing to this podcast and liking it and whatever it is that you're supposed to do on whatever platform you're listening to, but leave a review, a good review, preferably. If you're not leaving a good review, would you mind like shooting me a message and saying, hey, Blake, it would be really cool if... That'd be nice. So uh, got some other things on the horizon. Also this week, I... Oh man, I got to talk to Jennifer Schriever. Jen Schriever is the, or was the uh, designer for A Strange Loop. 
and she was nominated for a Tony Award and just one of the coolest people in the world. She's a little older than me, uh, not much, not by much at all. And it was just really fun to talk to her. So I'm going to re- release that at some point, that interview with her. I, I initially got a hold of her because I was using her. I, well, I was I was studying her in my design class. We got to choose a designer to study, and I wanted to choose somebody, A, that's currently relevant, not somebody in history, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I wanted to choose somebody currently relevant and still active and doing their thing. And I happened to just see her name pop up on the Tonys, and I was like, "Yeah, what about her?" So uh, I used I used her, and I and I uh, uh, emailed her. I got a hold of her and her people, and she was super like super like awesome. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, mind you, she would tell you, uh, you know, the only thing uh, of relevancy that she has done in regards to like public and pop culture is a strange loop. And, and she's done so much more. She's done a ton of stuff that uh, everybody's heard of. Uh, but that was kind of obviously what put her on the map. So, uh, she's new as far as public, uh, as a public figure, as a pop culture figure in uh, the world of lighting design, I say pop culture, but you know what I mean. Uh, you, you especially, you over. No, 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 not you. You do. Okay. So anyway, I want you guys to make sure you're buying a shirt. Make sure you're leaving a uh, review. You know the numbers have been down recently. Listening to this podcast, I'm hoping you're listening to other educator podcasts. You know we got Billy and Annie. We got Fed Talks. We got a few things out there. Listen to listen to everybody. Spread the wealth, man. Uh, a rising tide raises all boats, or all boats get rizzed with a tide that goes up. I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, I hope everybody has a great week back to school. A lot of you are going back. A lot of you are having your students come back. Some of you are just going back, like myself, just to start the PD session of things, and then the following week you you have students, but. I hope everybody has a safe time with that. Stay healthy. Stay safe in these schools. Uh, keep your wits about you. There are still a billion openings, at least in this part of the state. Uh, and I, I'm assuming around the entire state, there are still so many openings. If you are not getting a teaching job in theater, consider getting certified, uh, taking that test, that certification test in another field because there are so many openings right now. So please, please, please uh, be safe. Get a job. If you have a job, keep your job. (laughs) Stop moving around. Uh, Build a program. Do you want to build a program? And enjoy this week's chat with Zachary Kosirik Gentry. Enjoy. I grew up in a really, really small town, uh, Post, which is about 45, 50 minutes right outside of Lubbock. Um, I graduated from there. Um, My theater journey kind of started there. Um, I remember seeing an elementary musical that one of my next door neighbors was in. And at first I was like terrified because it was required that like, once you got to fourth and fifth grade, you had to do this, you know, musical. Um, And so I'm an anxious person 24 seven. And so as a kid, like that caused me lots of anxiety. Um, And so my grandma was like, well, look, why don't we 
take you to an audition just so you know what it's like. And so I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, are you going to go with me? Um, and you know, my grandparents took me to that, uh, that first audition. We have a community, we had a community theater in post called the Garza theater. Um, and so they were auditioning for, um, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. It was their, uh, Christmas, Christmas show. Um, and I remember going to auditions and auditioning and I was like, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then like, I got a part and I was like, okay. Um, and so that became something that I did a lot with my grandparents, um, because of the community theater, uh, most of the actors, uh, the directors lived in Lubbock. And so they, they drove to post to perform and they had tech week in post, um, but they would usually rehearse in like a church basement in Lubbock. And so my grandparents took me to that three days a week, um, you know, for up until that show in December. Um, and then that show in December happened, I think it was in 1999, and I, I was hooked. I was done. Um, I, I don't know what really clicked. I think I, I met my tribe of people, my tribe of kids, because um, where I grew up, it was either you do sports or, eh, you know, you you have no value. That I that sounds bad, but I mean, kind of. I understand. I, I yeah, it's true. In Texas, yeah. that's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was hooked from that point on. So I spent um, elementary uh, and junior high and high school doing uh, community theater. Um, I did. High, uh, middle school OAP, high school OAP. Um, my uh, teenager years, um, and then I was like, okay, I, I know I'm going to go to college. I know I want to do something, um, but I was. This sounds so stupid when reflecting back on it, but I was obsessed with Grey's Anatomy. Like I thought that's what hospital life was like. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to be a pre-med major and I'm going to be a doctor. Um, but I am not science or math. So like my first semester of college kicked my butt. I, I was on academic probation um, just because science and math are just hard. Um, so I was like, I, in high school, I kind of intern. I had this internal struggle. Um, do I want to do, you know, the doctor thing because I see what it's like on TV and I think that's what that's like, or like theater is my, you know, my love, my, my passion. Um, and I was like, I just don't know what I could do with that. Um, you know, being from small town post. And then I was like, uh, my high school theater teachers had such a huge impact on me um, that I was like, I can do that. And so I changed my major to theater at Texas Tech and education minor, and I never looked back. Um, and so after I graduated from tech, I was hired at a charter school in Lubbock. Uh, they were a K through 12 charter school, um, Harmony Science Academy. And I taught literally everything under the sun. I was like PSAT prep, ninth and 10th grade English, 12th grade journalism, um, no theater. And I only taught, I, I was hired on it semester because I was a December graduate. Um, and so that semester of teaching, I, I, I can't even tell you what I taught. Like 
I, I think I just survived. And all I can hear in my head are those seventh graders. I also taught seventh and eighth grade English and writing. Um, all I can hear is those seventh graders asking for their old teacher back. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Um, I was like, okay, give it another year. And then somehow miraculously, I became like the English department head. And I was like, hey, if I'm this, uh, can y'all give me a section of theater? And they did. And so I spent a year and a half there. And then I, I was like, okay, they don't do UIL at this uh, charter school. Um, and I really, really want to get into uh, the UIL OAP world because um, that's how I fell in love with with theater at the high school level. Um, and so I was hired on it to Hoka, uh, which is a small town outside of Lubbock, about 30 minutes. Um, I commuted every day. I taught sixth grade reading, seventh grade writing and high school and middle school theater and was the OAP director. Um, we, we had some success there. That program was, was struggling. Um, so my first year I came in and we did Handler what the hell? I, I don't know. I was like, I love this show. Um, and you know, the kids bought in, um, and we had lots of success. We didn't advance very far, but, um, they were wanting to do a show after one act was over. So I was like, okay, we're, you know, that's a win. Um, and so the next year, uh, we did epic proportions at the middle school. We did define gravity at the high school and were named state alternate. Um, and so th that experience uh, with that group of kids will forever be one of my top three theater experiences. That that show and that group of kids was just magic, magic from beginning to end. There was no fighting. They were a family. It was beautiful. Um, and so after Tohoka, um, I was like, OK, I I really want to be full-time theater, but that was not a possibility at Tohoku at the time. Um, and so Lubbock High, where I did my student teaching, had a job opening up and I interviewed, and I had interviewed there two times beforehand and didn't get the job. And so the third interview, I finally landed an assistant position. Um, and so I've been at Lubbock High since 2016. Um, my first year I was like the assistant and then the head director left and I got moved up to head director in 20, the 2017, 2018 school year. Um, and we are, it's something special. I think we're building something really cool. Um, we've had lots of, lots of success at, I've had lots of success at Lubbock High. Um, and I attribute that to the kids and the administration. They are a hundred percent on board they've been the biggest the biggest blessing so um and that's and that's kind of just where i'm at right yeah. now first i want to say i remember interviewing you you're like interview 150 something and i remember interviewing somebody from post and i can't remember now uh oh, yeah but there was i've mm -hmm. i've had one person uh from that from that area so uh, quite a few from that. Well, I should say quite a few from that area, but I remember one person saying uh, that they, that they grew up in post. Uh, I don't know if they're your age, but, um, I, yeah. I just remember hearing that. I don't know. Or maybe I just am a big serial fan. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> one of the two, but so I, I do find it kind of interesting that you, you kind of opened your story with how much math and science sucks. And then your first teaching job was at harmony science, uh, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, what is the Harmony School? Cause I, we have some here um, in Houston. Uh, yeah. You know, I know it's a, it's a kind of a chain charter school. Yes. Uh, so what's, is it, does it focus on science or is that just part of the name of? Yeah, it, it is a STEM campus. So okay. the science, technology, engineering, math, that was their big push. Um, it, I mean, okay. Is it, is it, private i know charter schools there's a whole like we could get into a whole conversation about charter versus public and charter kind of being the mold on public schools uh rock if you will i was about to say something not pg but um but it, it charter schools just have a a negative kind of uh stigma to them to public school people but is it as negative as public school people make it out to be no no, not at all. Yeah. I I really loved my time there. And I think the closest, the people that I'm closest to today, I taught with them at Harmony. Right. Um, that, that I think my struggles at Harmony was just being a new teacher. Yeah. Um, and at that time, that administration, I didn't have a lot of resources. Um, it was a lot of figuring out on figuring it out on my own. Yeah. Um, and so th that first semester at least was not positive for me, but that, that first full year um, was fantastic. Right. And I, that staff was just out of this world. Yeah. Um, I, my best friend, that's how I met one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, you know, we still chat today, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. I just, I, you know, I just always was curious. I, you know, I've, I've moved on to the dark side of private school world, but it's not charter. Um, yeah. you know, it is what it is, but I have zero negative things to say, but you know, my, my one negative is, uh, they have, uh, uh, one of the, one of the days they serve a chicken sandwich, the chicken is rather dry, you know? So, uh, the struggle's real, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, you it's need to a, find a new campus. I know. I need to. Grass must be greener on the other side if if I'm having these kind of struggles, you know. Uh, so, did you know that? Um, like, did you know what you were teaching your first year? I don't mean to keep going back to your first year of teaching. Oh no, you're good. But uh, like, I don't mean that. I mean that literally. I know you said uh, kind of tongue in cheek, like I was. I didn't even know what I was doing, or I don't remember what I was. You know. But did you? You know. You said you were teaching this course and this course and this course. Like, mm -hmm. did they hire you because you had a knowledge of that information or did you just kind of grab a textbook and say, okay, we're going to just follow along or what? I mean, how did you end up teaching that stuff? I, I mean, I think theater and English kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I just used, you know, script analysis and, and took those skills and applied it to novels. Um, and I'm a fairly decent writer. Um, and so teaching that was pretty yeah. easy. Um, but I, I did not have like an English minor right? and, and, you know, the PSAT prep in journalism, I was, yeah, textbooks. <laughs> like, I don't know what we're doing. Turn to page seven and let's read together. Yeah. So yeah. A, th a theater person's dream come true is to teach standardized testing. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I, so I'm pretty sure that's, I can attribute standardized testing to stomach ulcers and yeah, hair yes. loss. Like, uh, yeah, especially for the teachers that that is their job to teach something that ends that culminates with a standardized test. Uh, and that's yeah. how you are graded and potentially 
brought back to your campus. So I've got to say, as we record this, um, my wife and I this morning, my wife was wearing a show shirt, and I posted this on the highly pretentious technical theater educators page. I don't know if you I saw this. this. Did you post. see it? So, I, so <laughs> I, I, you know, it's real fun to kind of troll these people, but um, in my opinion, but uh, uh, I, it was a legit question that I had with her. And as an English, former English teacher now, uh, I said to her, I said, wouldn't it be sounds because the kid is, is working on multiple sounds, whereas the costumer is working with multiple costumes. And I, I understand, like, I'm not an idiot. I understand why it says sound and, you know, lights and, and stuff like that. I, I, I part, part of me wanted to just see how these people reacted on this page. Uh, cause I think there are some people on there that take their jobs way too seriously. Seriously. There were several comments on <laughs> there, there, there that I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, People and really I, about this. Yeah, and somebody somebody did reply with a legit answer and I replied, "What did you call me?" and they thought I was being serious. <laughs> so, it's great. Yeah, I love I just I hate it. I, I shouldn't be doing that as a 40-year-old man trolling people on the internet, but uh sometimes it's it's just yes, it it's feeds, fun. It feeds the soul yeah. a little bit. Absolutely. Um so you mentioned your uh I guess was it your second year that you had the magical uh oap cast your second year teaching yes. theater shall i say yeah um did that fool you or spoil you in any way thinking like oh cool i figured it out this is how it's going to be the rest of my career or how did that work no. out no okay. um i i think i think that year i kind of realized that oh wait for in the oap world everything has the stars have to align yeah. you have to be wearing the right socks the right clothes <laughs> you have to the judge had to you know be eating this meal like it's just a culmination of it all <laughs> yeah. um and so yeah i yeah did you did you take anything from that that you carried on that has continued to work um that group of kids just became a family and and that is what I've focused on from that point on. And so, you know, at Lubbock High, I'm trying, to, well, trying, we've established an atmosphere of we're family. Yeah. Um, and so building that ensemble and close knit relationships, I, I think is, is super helpful yeah. to OAP success. Yeah. Um, do, do you yeah. take that into your, I don't want to say regular shows, but your season shows, do you, is that the same mentality? For the straight plays? Yes. Um, musicals? No. Yeah. Because the musical is, you know, we typically have 40 to 60 kids on stage and a crew of 20 to 30. And so, and, and the musical process is just so different. Yeah. And so I haven't quite figured out how to navigate. I know that I need to do that, but trial and error. Yeah. So I've only done two, three musicals in my career. So okay. I, I don't like directing them um, right now, at least just because I haven't figured out how to make it work. Yeah. But I'm sure if I, you know, focused on, okay, we're a family that might fix some of the issues that we have during musical season. Right. Do you enjoy musicals? Do you, I mean, like, what is it? Cause I mean, you, you've definitely mentioned OAP being kind of your, your why uh are musicals 
something, you know, cause there, there are a lot of, and, and I'll, I guess I'll let you answer the, I'll let you talk in a second. Okay. Uh, but there, you know, there are a lot of theater people that swear that, uh, musicals don't have a place in high school. And then there are some people that think that a musical is necessary to grow. And then there's some people that just do it because they think that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but what is your take on the musical world? Like what, what are your thoughts? I eat, breathe and sleep musical theater. Just like I do one act, but I, I just don't enjoy directing them. I, got I think it just feels like too large of a task. Yeah. Um, and so I, I haven't figured out how to divide it up. It's overwhelming. Um, yeah. It's very overwhelming, but my, my kids, you know, musical theater, my first year, first full year at Lubbock high, we did mama Mia and okay. we got brand new kids that choir band orchestra dance and theater had never seen. Yeah. And so for us, that's how we, that's how we build our fine arts programs. Cause at Lubbock high, it's Lubbock ISD fine arts. And it's expected that you know, the orchestra program plays in the pit with the band and the choir teaches the music and the dance choreographs. That's just the expectation. Um, and so we've discovered that that helps everyone's yeah. program. So we, I think you should do a musical every yeah. year um, just because it's good for the kids. It's a new genre of theater that they're not used to. Um, and so, you know, it gives them... Yeah. diverse roles on their resume for college did you do any uh zoom or online shows or online theater yeah so during covid the first full year back when we were like asynchronous synchronous whatever yeah. all that was mix. Yeah. Um, we did war of the worlds the radio broadcast from play scripts and so yeah. we rehearsed for about two weeks and then we have a technology center that has like a recording studio and oh. so we got our kids in there and recorded and I edited and spliced and good Lord, that was a task. <laughs> Is that something um, you'd ever done before? No, the video no. stuff. Yeah. That was trial and error. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. What did you use to edit? Do you remember? Um, Garage band. Oh really? Yes. Not the best. Yeah. No, but not I, for that. The, oh, that's the only thing that I know how to use when it comes to editing right now. So, that's what I'm going to use. Yeah. So you, yeah. Else. We, uh, to the point where my wife bought a subscription, we fell in love with, uh, what's called we video. Uh, and it's super awesome and really user friendly. But I mean, now hopefully we don't have to do that again, but, uh, yes. but yeah, but, but just as a, as a shot out there, that is not a plug for, I wish they paid me, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that was a totally different thing. I think that war of the worlds thing, you know, when I was teaching at, Dulles and Fort Bend, we did a radio show, uh, live. We just always did a radio show on stage. Uh, well, I say always, we did it multiple times. Um, and that was one we never did was war of the worlds. Cause we, for some reason it always fell during uh, the holidays. And so we yeah. tried to keep it holiday themed, but, yeah. uh, but we did that. And we also did my first year teaching. We did the Bremen town musicians, but we did a radio, um, uh, version of it so it was actually those radio shows are actually quite they're fun they're but they're uh uh simpler i guess if you would say so yeah maybe not on maybe not on garage band <laughs> no not on garage band 
<laughs> well, that's good. So right now you're sitting at, at ITF for your first time. We'll mention it, even though this won't be on for, for a few more weeks. But uh, what is it? What is something at the moment, and this will obviously change by the time this airs because you will know the answer to it. What is something you're looking forward to at, uh, at festival? Um, we are seeing kinky boots this afternoon. <laughs> and so I have never seen it. Okay. I, I mean, I know a little bit about it, so I am super excited yeah. to see that. And then we're seeing bus stop tomorrow. So I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to see the shows. Right. Like that's what I'm going to do and go find the dramatist dramatist and Concord booth and go spend yeah. money and just <laughs> make it rain money on them. Uh, yes. Is this the high? The, there's a high school version of Kinky Boots, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, it's yeah. I was reading something in their program yesterday, and I, they're the first pilot school. Okay. It's like a pilot version of it. So they're also about to release a Escape to Margaritaville high school edition, <laughs> and I only know that because during opening ceremonies, they sang a song from Escape wow. to Margaritaville. Wow, that's uh, I I. Didn't know there was a way to make that a high school <laughs> version. <laughs> I don't know. Like if a high school doesn't let you do urine town, I highly doubt Are they're gonna. Right? Yeah, you're gonna be able to do margarita. Margarita in the title. Yeah. Uh, what are what are the three shows that you've uh, the musicals that you've done? You said Mamma Mia. Yeah. So I did Mamma Mia, um, and then we did Pajama Game. Okay. That was the right before COVID happened. So I guess December 2019. Um, and then I directed Matilda oh. uh, for Lubbock Community Theater a few summers ago. Um, so those are my three. We're actually going to do Little Women this year uh, for our, our winter musical. Okay. So I'm, I'm excited for that one. Do you – there's another thing that, that gets some – you know, I just uh, – uh, we for Texas Thespians, we had some PD with uh, Destiny Miller – who was talking about her process of one act play. And I guess now that she's been to state six times, six years in a row, she can speak on this like yes. a professional, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but she, she kind of just nonchalantly glossed over. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we auditioned at the end of January, early February, blah, 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 blah. Kept going. And, what? and the directors that were on the, on the zoom PD were like, wait, wait, hold up, go back. You guys start your process in February. She's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like no, no big deal. Um, could you imagine? <laughs> like, um, like I, I know you put a, you know, again, you have a big passion for one act play, so you know there's a different vibe there. Uh, but, sh but, do you do you intentionally put your musical at the end of the 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 winter or at the at the at the end of the semester, if you will, so that you can just come back next semester and just one act play tunnel yeah. vision kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another high school in our district who does their musicals in May. And I'm like, I yeah. don't know how you do that. I, I want it done and over with. Yeah. Um, so spring can be OAP and a, we do a guest directed show for kids who didn't get in one act. So we focus on that during the spring. Yeah. Get musical over and done with. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you do, do you guys do a show before musical? Yeah, so we do typically a fall show and then a, a winter musical. Okay. Um or a, a fall musical depending on what the musical is. Okay. So, yeah. What is your uh cuz this seems to be a hot topic too. What is your 
selection process for one act play shows? How do you do that? Um, I just read, I read a lot. Um, I, I try to pick new, newer literature that is new to the OAP world. Um, and so I think the last two years, that's been a reason that we've been so successful, um, is, is just, and I know others would disagree with me, but I think if you can show, you know, judges something new and fresh that that's a plus. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just read a lot. Um, I, and then I usually have a selection of scripts, like three. Um, and I have a, I, I do maestro with Rick Garcia yeah. and I've, yeah. I've met some really, really incredible people. Um, they're incredible humans, incredible directors. Um, and so, you know, we'll spend summer and fall reading each other's shows and we'll, we'll talk about it. And then sometimes I will let like one or two of my kids read the script and be like, okay, just testing the waters. What yeah. did you think? Um, but ultimately it's, it's, you know, our decision as a directing team, me and my co, uh, co-teacher, um, I guess my approach to finding literature is reading a ton and finding newer works. Yeah. Do you find yeah. yourself, do you find yourself leaning towards one type of show over another? <laughs> yeah. yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, I need to branch out a little. We, we typically do dramas. Yeah. Um, comedy is hard. And so we'll, we'll do a, usually a comedy in the fall and a drama for one act. Yeah. So. And you said you did, cause I did Epic Proportions for a one act play, uh, as well. It, it won state years ago. I uh, like, yes. I don't remember what it was, 10, 12 years ago or something like that. But, um, so I, that's where I saw it. Or I think it was even longer than that. I think it was like 2008. Uh, but I saw it there and I thought I, psh, I'm funny. Uh, and you know, we did well at zone. Um, but, <laughs> and, and we made it to district, but, uh, that's where the uh, umbilical cord got cut. But, uh, what is it, what, what is it about? And I know comedy's hard. But what is it? What do you think is the difficulty with doing comedy for one act play? Is it the kind of the lack of story? Is it, we're just trying, we're, we have to figure out a goal of, we either got to make people laugh or we got to make people, you know, follow along in this journey of character A, B, and C or whatever. Yeah. So my kids, when it comes to comedy, if they don't get laughs, that messes right. with their heads. And yeah. so I have not figured out a way to break them of that. Yeah. Um, you know, just cause they're not laughing. Doesn't mean they're not enjoying the show. Doesn't mean you're not funny. Um, and so I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, you were saying that, yeah, the, the, if the kids aren't getting the laugh, the, the kind of feedback yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that adrenaline, that energy, yeah. they, they feed off that audience. And so I, I think doing a comedy in one act is, is risky right? because especially for my kids, if they don't have that energy and that relationship with the audience that they normally get, it's going to mess with them right? Um, and they'll start second guessing themselves and they just won't live in the moment like they should. Yeah. So, well, uh, what is something you're looking forward to now that we're kind of getting back to, I, I don't want to say back to normal cause, uh, there's no such thing. Uh, but now that we're getting back to 
a new normal than the the kind of let's see how how things go this next year and hopefully everything is kind of how it used to be but with this kind of thing in the back of our head going be careful uh what is what what is something you're looking forward to from from that and that's the other thing sorry to i i know i just asked you a question then i cut you off that's that's the one thing i i enjoyed about itf but then also was the uh the part that sucked about itf was it gets you so fired up to like go back to school and and you've got so many new tools to teach and then they're like enjoy july <laughs> you know and then you go to the beach or the mountains or wherever you want to go and and you forget it all and you get back in august and you get some sit and get from your administrators and there goes the the balloon but uh, whatever uh my struggles again are dried chicken what is what is something what is something you're looking forward to in the coming year i am getting so my co-teacher we've we've directed and taught together for seven years she's leaving um education this year um and so we have a really kick-ass middle school feeder middle school feeder theater teacher that is coming over and he is super tech-minded um and so i'm i'm just looking forward to getting to work with him um both my co-teacher and I, neither one of us are our tech directors. So it's, it's the blind leading the blind usually during uh, the production season. Um, and so I think I'm just ready to see what happens with a, a, a tech director. Like how, how does that elevate our work? Yeah. Um, and so just, yeah. Good. Yeah. That's cool. That's a, that is a, that is fun to have. And right now tech directors are not easy to, to come by. So uh, that's good for you. What, uh, I don't want to get into personal issues of, of your co-teacher, but you know, my wife just left, uh, the world of education after 13 years of, of being in, in a theater classroom. Is that, is it that same kind of the similar situation that a lot of people have? Let's not get into what, what they're dealing with. How did, how do, how does somebody like you push through? Uh, what have you been able to do to kind of just say, I'm going to stick it out and uh, try not to lose this passion and this drive. Um, right now, it's currently lots and lots of wine and Xanax, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, the, I don't know. I felt like Great. the first like nine weeks of this school year, I was like, okay, I'm hitting my stride as a teacher. I feel good about it. And then I don't know what happened, but this year felt like the hardest year yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, you have kids coming back from being online for a year and a half and how do they acclimate into the classroom and all of the trauma that kids are, have experienced the last two years. And so just dealing with all of that has been really hard. Um, and, and there have been many, many, many times where I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Right. Um, so right now, I mean, honestly, wine, Xanax, but I'm also blessed with the best kids. Yeah. Um, And so right now they are a hundred percent my why, like I I get up and I go to work for them. Um, And so they, they just motivate me to keep on going. Um, And so I don't know, somebody in that building has to teach them to be good humans. And I think that's my job as a theater teacher. So (laughs) I'm going to take that a little personal. And why do we 